Thank you, Jeff, and uh, church family. Grateful for that. It's, uh, it's really our honor um, to serve here. And um, Jeff, that was going so well right up until you talked about beating me in golf. And, and, uh, but we're really, we're really thrilled uh, about the season that we're in as a church. And um, I, uh, yes, I'm putting a guitar on because we're going to do a little bit of music, a little bit more music this morning. Um, but uh, I just want to say Lisa's not able to be here today. She is watching online, so hi, honey. Uh, and, uh, uh, but she, we had one of our kids uh, come home for the weekend, one of our adult kids, and so uh, we had the... It was so much fun to have him, have him there, and so she is doing motherly things with him as he has to leave this morning. So, uh, so uh, she's not here today, but we're we're thrilled about the season that we're in. Thrilled that Pastor Dustin is coming, uh, and Stephanie and their beautiful family. They'll be here next week. We're excited about that. I believe we are on a we have a great future ahead of us as a church. You believe that? I hope you do because I believe it's true. I believe the future is very bright. We've been on a journey, uh, and today's message actually is called A Journey to Hope. And I think anytime you're a follower of Christ, do you recognize that as a follower of Christ, you're always on a journey to hope? We're always on a journey to hope as followers of Christ. I'm going to share a little bit of that journey as a church. And um, uh, this morning, before I do that, I just want to bow a word of prayer and just ask God's blessing on our time together. Father God, thank you so much for your presence in this place. Thank you for what you've done here, what you're doing here, what you're about to do here. Lord, thanks for each person that is here and watching online right now. God, and I just ask that for each of us that you'd open our hearts to what you want to do in us and through us, what you want to say. Lord, how you want to continue to shape us and mold us to be conformed to the image of Christ. So we commit this time to you. And Lord, I pray that as I share today that you would set me aside, that our eyes would be fixed focused truly on Jesus today. In His name we pray. Amen. Amen. By the way, Jeff, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing that in your prayer. That word, I believe, is a word from the Lord and kind of that vision um, of that volcano. I believe that uh, that's, I, I received that and i um, excited about that. It kind of goes right along with what I believe God has sent to us as a church family. Let me just give you a, just a brief history. Um, Lisa and I, uh, grew up in the Tacoma area, and Lisa grew up actually going to church at a church called Bethany Open Bible on 84th and Waller. Uh, her parents were charter members there. She grew up in that church. Um, and then uh, it, it just so happened that after Bible college, I wound up as the, uh, well, Lisa and I got married, and I wound up as a youth pastor at that church in the mid-80s. We served there for a few years. Then uh, we moved to California and served down in Los Angeles County in a church called Tahunga Church of the Open Bible uh, for a few years down there. And then in 1993, our pastor retired, and we had been sensing that God was uh, doing something in us, in our hearts, and, and we had done some research, we'd done some study, we, we had done a lot of prayer, and we knew God was calling us to start a new church in one of the fastest growing areas of the country at the time in 1993, and that was the South Hill Puyallup area. It was one of the fastest growing areas in the country. And, and so we had, we had learned a little bit about church planting at the time. There wasn't a lot of church planting happening then, but, but we, so we moved up uh, from California, and um, 
five families from that church actually came up here and helped us be, start this, uh, this new church that would be started. One of those families was Paul and Susan Becker. Paul is sitting right there. They're still here. Uh, but uh, five families moved up from, from, from there with us. We had some of our own family who joined us and then some friends and some others who joined us. And on September 19th of 1993, we had our first Bible study at Clover Creek Elementary School. We called it a Bible study because we were just getting started. Clover Creek Elementary School. There are 25 adults and 17 kids. And we started to gather. And uh, so Clover Creek is just, just uh, north of 176 in the Bethel School District. We met there for several years. We actually had our grand opening in January of 1994 was the official grand opening of, ce- of Celebration Center. And so we are 27 years old this month. So happy birthday, Celebration Center. 27. We are... Uh, just at the we're just at the peak, right? We're just at our prime, coming into our prime right now. Twenty-seven. Oh, to be twenty-seven. Uh, but anyway, uh, we are twenty-seven. So, so uh, we we launched uh, in those early days. And and one of the things that for me, when I think about music, music takes me back to a place. Does it do that for you? So music takes me somewhere. So in those days. You might have heard us, and we were called Celebration Center. Uh, we are called Celebration Center because music was a big part of what we, we do, and, and we wanted to be a church that really celebrated. In fact, the very first promo we did as a church, we put, we put signs, they're kind of like election signs, all over the place, and they said, need a reason to celebrate lately? And so that drew some people actually to our first service. So um, one of the songs we would sing, it went like this. Yes, I ripped this right off from Steve Taylor, but it wasn't his song. It went like this. And there were hand motions and all kinds of stuff that went with it. Lord, I lift your name on high. Anybody remember that song? Anybody go back that far? Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. So that was a song you would have heard back in those early days. You might have also... Uh, maybe heard this one. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Anybody know that one? Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name I sing for joy at the work of your hand forever I love you forever I stand nothing compares to the promise I have in you so we started in 93 We were at Clover Creek Elementary School for a few years, for about four or five years, 
And in, in uh, one of the things that was in the DNA of Celebration Center was that we were going to be a church that raised people up and sent people out from our church into ministry in different places and missions and, and to start new churches. And one of the, first, the first one that that happened with was there's, there's a couple named uh, Wade and Andrea Lance, and they had begun to start a church in downtown Puyallup. And uh, so we adopted them into our church family. They became a part of us, them and some of their team became a part of us for nine months in 1997 or so. And then we helped them, supported them, prayed for them, got them some training. And we said to our church, if any of you want to go with them, you can go. And we sent them back out to launch a church called Joy of Life Church. And that church is still going strong in Puyallup. Actually, that church just two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, that church and Canyon Ridge Church, which is formerly Bethany Open Bible, just voted to blend their churches together. So now Joy of Life Church is actually meeting at 84th and Waller uh, with uh, Canyon Ridge as one combined church that will come with a new name. And so we have this connection, this beautiful connection relationship as our church to that church there. They are part of us, very much a part of us. We came out of them. They become a part of us. So it's, it's part of our beautiful story. And then in 97, we found a piece of property. It was 33 acres. The real estate agent was a part of our church, and she, she came to me and she said, Pastor Chris, we found this property. We'd looked at all kinds of property. She said, we found this property. It's 33 acres. It's in two parcels, and it's $220,000. It's in South Hill, Puyallup. And we looked at so many pieces. I said, okay, well, that's great, Betty, but I said, that's probably either a swamp or a mistake, I didn't have a lot of faith, so uh, I said, check it out anyway, so she did, she did, she indeed, she checked it out, and it was owned by a, a foundation called the Fox Foundation that used to be owned, uh, used by the old flat dairy in the area, and sure enough, it was for sale, we bid $180,000 for that property, and they took our offer, uh, we bought this piece of property, originally 33 acres. We sold off 14 acres, which is Kitty Corner over here. There's now a beautiful house over there on it. We sold that for 120000 So we got this 19 acres that sits here on 86th Avenue in South Upiop, essentially for $60,000. Think about that. That's a miracle of God. And, and um, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have much then. We were growing. It was growing quickly. Exciting things were happening in the day. But we bought that piece of property, and that launched us into... Uh, a permit process as we began the process of considering to build a building on this property. We, some other great things were happening. We launched another church plant called Freedom Hill, a, a church that would uh, minister to the disenfranchised, the, those who uh, were homeless and those who were uh, just not a part of any other church. And it was just a beautiful expression of Christ. Uh, they met for many years, raised up many young leaders. We sent so many of our young leaders with them to go, and they raised up a lot of young leaders who are still in ministry and doing great work today. Uh, so that was another one of the churches we got to be a part of uh, launching. Um, and then uh, once we bought that property, we decided it would be wise for us to move to somewhere closer rather than being at a Clover Creek Elementary. Let's move somewhere closer to this property. So we started meeting at Rogers High School. So we went from elementary school to high school. We skipped middle school altogether. So we went from there. We went over to Rogers High School, and we started meeting there. We actually met at Rogers High School as a church. We set up and tore down every week for nine years there as we as we prepared for the building. We, so we started the permit process. I remember this first permit we, that I remember getting. We had to get a permit to put a sewer in. When we bought this property, you got to understand, there, were no, there was no housing development to the north of us. This housing development to the west of us did not exist. It was all pretty rural. 
um, and there was no sewer here. So we had to get a sewer permit because a sewer was going in. And I remember the first bill I got for a permit when we were building, it was $77,000 for the permission to actually start to put a, permit, a, a sewer in. That wasn't for the sewer. That was permission to put it in. And, I, and, and that process took much longer and cost much more than we expected it would. It took about seven years to get through the permit process because of wetlands and power lines and all kinds of issues. But we got through it. We began to, to build, and we decided we would we would build ourselves, and, and uh, so uh, many people that have been a part of this have, have made significant sacrifice to make it happen. And whenever there's, a, there's a, a landmark moment, whenever, see, this church is right now is on, I believe, on the threshold of another landmark season. It's a landmark season for us. And whenever there's those landmark moments, here's what it takes. It takes people who, who, who will make significant sacrifice and have significant faith. And that was happening. That was happening in those days. It's continued to happen here. And it was happening as we got ready to build. Uh, I remember Ken Christensen and his son and others, Harold Hasfield, who are here, Paul, um, uh, Al Stacks, different ones who are here on the property, so many doing the work, standing up walls in the pouring down rain in the winter. I remember those days. And it was people making great sacrifice to see God's dreams become reality. In those days, you might have heard a song like this. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Remember that one? Anybody? We also sang this one. In fact, when, I, when this song was introduced to me, I remember the worship band was rehearsing in a, in a location. Of course, we were borrowing it uh, for a while, but, but uh, they introduced this song to me. And I remember the band was up there. They played it. They were so excited to show me this new song. And I remember listening and saying, I don't really like it. <laughs> and uh, and they wound up, we wound up being in a song we sang over and over again. It was this one. I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my shame, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm just going to keep singing it. I'm trading my sickness, I'm trading my pain, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. This is the part I didn't like, but I grew to love it. It went like this. We sing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. We need some people who will say yes. Right? Significant sacrifice, significant faith. In 2000, so we got the building finished. It was, a, it was a great celebration. And in 2009, we, um, uh, 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 one of the women in our church came to me and she said, you know, Chris, Pastor Chris, we have this building and let's use it for the community. What if we started a preschool here? Her name was Barb Sandeas. She said, what if we started a preschool here? It could be a, it could be a blessing in the community. It could reach young people and, and families and just bless those families. And I said, let's do We said, let's do it. And she said, well, we've got, we got to find a director. So she found a, 
a young lady who has had experience and had wisdom and passion and, and the heart and vision for it. And Katie Farmer started that preschool in uh, 2009, a small little preschool that started that now has become one of the most stabilizing, uh, important, powerful ministries that has come out of this church over those last 11 or 12 years. And it has grown into be this beautiful, beautiful ministry in this community. And um, we were seeing uh, in the, that season promises fulfilled and dreams becoming realities. And, uh, and that was because not only significant sacrifice and significant faith, but significant servants, giving and serving and working and believing for something that God was going to continue to do in this community. I, uh, in 2015, um, God, you know, had been working on my wife and I's heart, and uh, we knew that it was time for us to step aside. And we needed somebody who would come in, a new leader, a new pastor with fresh vision and fresh enthusiasm and energy to bring this church into its new season. So we stepped aside in 2015, and Pastor Mike Allison came, and he did that. He brought energy, and he brought enthusiasm, and he, he brought the preschool actually into closer alignment with the church's mission. It was a smart, good step that, that was taken there. Uh, great things happened there with Pastor Mike. He, he then took a call to uh, Lodi, California, where he's a pastor of Discover Church down there now. And, and then a uh, little over about a year and a half ago or so, uh, we brought in Pastor Nathan and Jessica, uh, who came to serve this church. And, and that was a really challenging time to come to serve. And, and the church was going through some big transitions and financial challenges. And then, of course, COVID hit. Right, And so, uh, really challenging time. So Pastor Nathan was here for a much shorter period of time than any of us expected, and certainly than he expected. He resigned after a year, and, and, um, and so that launched our church into a transition. And uh, so we've been in that transition, and, and it's, you know, I will tell you that, that the, all through this journey that Celebration has been on, there have been beautiful, beautiful expressions of God's promises being fulfilled, but there's also been very, very challenging times. And we've been in a challenging time over this last year or so, um, trying to see what is it, God, you're doing among us? What is it you're doing in us? What do you want to do through us as Celebration Center? But God has done beautiful, local, global, <laughs> eternal work through this church. And He has done it through people who displayed significant sacrifice, significant faith. These are significant servants who have been a part of this. But as Pastor Mike Nortoon reminded us last week, that God wants our dreams to be bigger than our memories. And I believe that. That God wants us to have dreams that are bigger than our memories. And, and, the, and the, though it's been some challenging times in this last little while, I believe beautiful days are ahead. I believe we're on a journey of hope. And I believe we stand at the threshold of a beautiful, beautiful season. And when we remember God's faithfulness, we're hopeful about our future. And I want us to think about a passage of Scripture out of uh, Joshua. There's a story in Joshua, one of my favorite stories. I love to tell this story. It's when God's people had uh, been uh, released from slavery in Egypt. They'd been on this journey through um, uh, uh, the desert on their way to their promised land, the land of promise, the land that would be flowing with milk and honey, the land of Canaan. They were on their journey. This was their journey of hope. 
And on this journey, they saw God do miraculous things. They saw God provide for them food, water in miraculous ways. God led them during the day by a pillar of cloud and by, the, by night by a pillar of fire. God opened up the Red Sea and allowed the, His people to cross on dry land. And there were just one thing after another. God spoke. This is when we, uh, Moses got the Ten Commandments uh, in, in the midst of that desert. Sometimes desert times, we see God do beautiful things. Isn't that true? Sometimes in the difficult times, we see God do the miraculous. And so that's certainly what Israel had seen, what God's people had seen. And they, they got right up now to the threshold of their promised land. And Moses now had died, had passed on the mantle of leadership to Joshua. And, and God said to Joshua, listen, consecrate yourselves because in three days, God's going to do wonderful things among you. And, but in front of them... Uh, between them now and their, their land of promise that had been promised. They'd been going for generations toward this, toward this promise. In front of them was the Jordan River. The Jordan River was the barrier between them and where they would go, and that Jordan River was at flood tide. It wasn't going to be easy, and it was, didn't make sense for them to be crossing at that time. But God wanted them to be obedient, wanted to be faithful, and wanted them to cross and wanted them to see Him at work. And so God said, listen, I want you, here's what I want you to do. I want the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, and I want them to go stand in the waters of the Jordan. And when they stand in the waters of the Jordan, that Jordan River will roll back, and my people will walk across the Jordan on dry land just like they did in the Red Sea. And sure enough, the priests went in the water, Gave, gave a little space between them and the people, went in the water, the Jordan River rolls back, the, 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 the riverbed is dry, and here goes a million or two million people across the Jordan River on dry land. And they're starting in this new journey, a landmark season, into their promise on this journey of hope. And God says something to them, he, he, to Joshua. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take 12 stones out of that Jordan River that you just crossed, and I want you to take, put those stones as a memorial to remember the work that I've done. And so, so they did that. And um, they took 12 stones and they set them up as a memorial. And then in Joshua chapter 4, verse 19, it says this. On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from, Jericho, uh, from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you'd crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So he says, listen, set up these 12 stones. And then he gives them the reason they're going to set up these 12 stones. The, the people were at the threshold of their promise. They had crossed the Jordan. That didn't mean that there weren't still battles in front of them. In fact, they had a city, a fortified city right in front of them they were going to have to go through in order to take the land that, that God had given them. And so, so here they are in this landmark season, and, and he says, I want you to set up these memorial stones. In landmark seasons, here are the things we need to do. Number one, we need to celebrate the past. We've got to celebrate the past. Notice that these stones that they set up were not only to remind them of the Jordan River, but he says, 
but also the Red Sea. He wanted those stones to remind them not only of what God had just done, but what God had done in previous times, in generations past. He wanted them to be reminded not only of God's faithfulness at that moment, but of God's continued faithfulness down through history. So landmark seasons remind us to uh, celebrate the past. And when we remember what God has done, it stirs up, it should stir up two really important characteristics in us. Number one, it should stir up a sense of gratitude. God, I'm so grateful for what you have done. And I am here today, God, because of who you are and who you've been in my life. And we heard that theme actually in prayer and worship today. God, I'm here today because of your goodness, because all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And so it should stir up when we remember the past. It doesn't mean there aren't hard things, but even the hard things God uses to reflect his goodness. It should stir up gratitude and it should also stir up faith that says, listen, if God has done it before, God can do it again. God did it before, he can do it Again, and that's what new seasons, that's what landmark seasons should stir in us, gratitude and faith. That's why it's so important for us to tell our stories. Tell the story of what God has done in your life. Tell the story of how God has provided. Tell the story of how God has done miracles. Tell the story of God's goodness. Because it reminds us that we did not get here in our own strength, but God has been with us all along the way. So when we celebrate the past, it causes us to ask this question. What has God done among us? What is it that God has done among us? He's done good things. Landmark seasons also remind us to contemplate the present. When we remember what God has done, it should cause us to take inventory. It should cause us to reflect. Okay, God, I see what you've done. What are you saying to me right now? It's interesting in verse 24 of this passage, it says, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. It doesn't say that the hand of the Lord was powerful. He did this so people might know the hand of the Lord is powerful. Not only was He powerful, not only did He do good works, and sometimes we'll say, man, I hear of all the good things God did back when, way back then. But, but listen, God is still the same God today as He ever was. He still is powerful, and, it, and we should reflect. And even in the normal seas of our life, even in sort of the day-to-day, when no apparent miracles are happening, we don't see, you know, uh, big grand signs of God's work, but even in those moments, God has not ceased being present and God has not ceased being powerful. But sometimes, a lot of life happens between the miracles, doesn't it? So we got a miracle and we're really excited But then there's just this long period of time to the next miracle. And in the middle of that is just life. And sometimes in the midst of life, we forget that God is still that God of miracles. That God is still a powerful God. God is still a good God. We are good forgetters. And one of the tragedies of the book of Judges, the the book that follows right after the book of Joshua, one of the great tragedies and one of the haunting verses to me in the book of Judges, is this verse that says, another generation grew up not knowing God nor the works that he had done. Another generation grew up not knowing God nor the works that he had done. And I read that verse and I think, how is that possible? I mean, these people, 
These people had, had the Red Sea. These people had the manna from heaven. These people had water from the rock. These people had the Jordan River, which they crossed. These people saw the walls of Jericho come down. They saw God's provision one after another. I mean, Moses had the burning bush experience. These people saw God work. How is it possible that another generation grew up that didn't know God nor the works that he had done? And then I think about how busy I can get in my life and just how normal I get in my life and just forget. We just, we just, we just don't talk about the stories like we should talk about the story. And let it never be said of us that our, the next generations don't know the stories. Whether they believe them, whether they follow, that's going to be up to them and God. But they should hear us tell the stories of God's goodness in our life. They got to hear us tell the stories. See, life happens, and, and, and perhaps for you it's been a long season. Maybe you're feeling just a little bit tired or a little bit beat up <laughs> by a long season you've been in. Maybe it's been a long time since your last miracle. Or perhaps you've just gotten busy with life and, and your relationship with God and relationship with His church has just been put on the back burner. Moments like these, like really everyday moments, but I, I believe, church, we're in, a, we're in a landmark season where God's going to do something unique among us, should cause us to ask, reflect and ask this question, where am I right now in my relationship with God? Where am I now in my relationship with God? How am I doing with Jesus? Am I still seeing God as that same powerful, good God that He has always been? So celebrate the past contemplate the present. But it's important to understand what this significant landmark in this story in Joshua is for. What is this landmark for? What's the purpose of that landmark that they were going to put on the ground? And it says in verse 21, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God. In the future. Yes, celebrate the past, contemplate the presence. But these memorial stones weren't for the past. That was gone. They weren't for the present. They had already experienced that. These memorial stones were for the future so that when they, when their children, when their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren see it, that, that that story could impact their lives, that they could see God's presence, that they could see God's goodness. These landmark seasons that we find ourselves in compel us into the future. They compel us into the future. They don't just tell us what God has done. They don't just give us confidence in, in what He's doing right now, but they give us confidence in what God will continue to do. If He did it again, I mean, if He did it before, He can do it again. If He did it before, He can do it again. See, in Christ, we're always on a journey to hope. We're just always on a journey to hope. And I hear people even talking about our situation now in our own country. And we think, oh, it's, you know, it's just terrible. Everything's just terrible. I, I hear people saying, it, it, you know, yes, there are hard things happening. But listen, if God could do a revival work in the past, He can do a revival work in, in the future, right? If we remember that God has been good to us in the past and that He's still good to us every day, that He's going to continue to do good works through His and in His people in the days ahead. Listen, Celebration Center, God didn't bring us to this point in this particular church's 27-year-old young history. This is just a baby church. 
God didn't bring us to this point in its 27-year-old history so we could say, whew, we made it. Now it's somebody else's turn. Listen, I, I believe there's kids in this community today, children all over in this community today who don't have any relationship with Jesus. They don't know a God who loves them yet. They don't have any meaningful church relationship. But I believe that in 25 years, those kids, God's, God's plan for them, God's destiny for them is that they're going to be godly young men and women. That those kids are going to be future worship leaders. They're going to be future leaders. They're going to be future teachers in celebration-centered children's ministries. They're going to be future pastors. Who knows? They're going to be future business people who just love Jesus with all their heart because of the impact of Celebration Center. But those kids are still out in our community, and I believe that God wants us as His church to be a part of the mission of reaching that next generation for the sake of Jesus. I believe those are the days ahead. God has been faithful to this church because of significant sacrifice, because of significant faith and significant servants. But this day is a reminder that He has only just begun, that our dreams have got to be bigger than our memories. And this moment begs the question, God, how can I be a part of your preferred future? How can I be a part of God's preferred future? What is, God, what is it you're asking of me to be a part of your preferred future for my church family? What is my part in this journey? You see, God turns miracles into memorials. But keep moving because there's more miracles coming. There's more miracles coming. So take just a moment. Stand with me, in fact. Would you stand with me? We're going to just sing this chorus. I asked Lindsay and John to come up and and just sing the chorus of this song, All My Life You Have Been Faithful. All My Life You've Been So, So Good. And I, I want you to think about a couple of questions as, the, as we sing this song. Number one, what has God done in your life? Maybe just write down a couple of things. Just how has God been faithful? What is the goodness God has done? What is He... What has been the significant work that he's done in my life? What has he done in your life? Just take a minute and think about that specifically because it should stir gratitude in you, but it also should stir faith in you because that's the same God we have today and, and for tomorrow. The second question is, where are you at in your relationship with Jesus right now? Where are you at? How is that relationship with Jesus? Is it vital? Is it active? Is it growing? Do you have a sense that God's presence is with you right now? That He's with you every day, that you're walking closely with Him? Is that passion, love for Jesus growing? Is the mission that He's poured into your life, is that active in your life? Where are you at right now? And then I want you to think about the days ahead. And... And maybe make this your prayer. God, I don't want to do them without you. I want to be on your journey to hope. If you've done it before, you can do it again. And would you just trust that God has great days ahead for you and your life, for us as a church family? And, uh, and just, just process and think about those questions. What has God done in your life? Where are you at in relationship with God? And God, 
I want to be a part of your preferred future. Let's sing it as we close now. Close us in prayer. All my life, God, you've been faithful. Even at the times where I've wondered where are you and what's going on, in those moments you were faithful. In the moments of great success and celebration, it was you. All our lives, God, you've been faithful. Down through the history of this church, short as it may be, you have been faithful. God, you are faithful to see a vision come, help a vision come to reality because it's yours. You've been faithful to see lives changed and transformed and new churches birthed throughout our country in different places and ministries and, 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 and impact that goes far beyond what we even understand because you're faithful. And God, we're on this journey and I just pray, Lord, that these next days as Pastor Dustin and Stephanie and their family come and lead us into this next phase of our journey, Lord, that we would do it with great hope, knowing, God, what you've done. You are faithful today, and you will be faithful in the days ahead to do something beautiful, something great on our journey to hope. So we entrust it to you. Lord, for those in, that are watching today, those who are here today, as they've evaluated their own personal relationship with you, and thought about, God, the work you've done in their past, but where they are right now in this moment, Lord, I pray for each one that needs to recommit their life to Jesus that it would happen right now. Lord, that we would re recommit ourselves to being, uh, be allowing you to be the Lord of our life. Lord, that we would recommit ourselves to the mission that you've called our life to be a part of, your mission, your great story. And Lord, we'd not do this on our own. And Lord, where there's been sin and brokenness, that we would confess that and that you'd forgive us of that and that we could start fresh and we could start clean. And Lord, that we could start again because you are faithful. And so for every person who's evaluating the relationship with you right now, I pray that Lord, it would start fresh today because we're all on this journey to hope. And let this moment be a moment in our story where you did something significant. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being here today. Love you all. We'll see you next Sunday with Pastor Dustin and Stephanie. Have a great afternoon.